Can you believe that? You're a, you're a, Did I, I yeah. A if you're on an album that's Grammy award winning, then that means you're a. I guess that's true. You got to use that. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't send me one what? of my own, but I guess I, I could Holy say. Holy shit. I guess I could Damn, say. Damn, we got to okay. talk to the committee or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But today, my guest is honestly one of my favorite vocalists in the Seattle area. Oh, um, and I'm. It's been, a, it's been taking time to track him down, but I finally got him on the pod. It's my pleasure to introduce XP or Experience. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. I'm sorry it took so long. <laughs> no worries. Life man. is hard. Dude, definitely. <laughs> Dude, you got COVID, right? Yeah, yeah, man. I got it for a little bit. Um, didn't even realize it. I was supposed to, um, I was actually supposed to go fly to Cabo mm. to do a show with Mac. And then the night before I got my test results and it was like positive. And I was like, oh, damn. Mm. So. Did you feel anything? Um, not at that moment. I mean, now that I look back, I guess it was like a little bit of nausea, you know mm. what I'm saying? Like when I woke up at one point, but not really any coughing or anything like that. So it was more of like a little headache and yeah, and, uh, some nausea and that was about it. And now you're like a superhuman, right? That's what happens once you get COVID. Yep. My bones are unbreakable and, and, uh, and I'm a magnet. Wow. <laughs> a chick magnet, right? Well, no, but... <laughs> I can stick a spoon on my shoulder. Wow. No, I'm kidding. That's, That's a cool trick. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about, for people who don't know, this man's highly connected to Macklemore, and I feel like that's always a good place to start for yeah. the audience. How did you and Macklemore originally get connected? Um, We, we kind of debate about this, but he, so he went to um, Evergreen College uh -huh. in Olympia. He used to live in Olympia, um, as I did, and I... I think we met at, he. I think he says it was a battle or something, but I think it was like a Brother Ali show. Ooh. And we both were opening for it, like way back in the day, like 2004 or something. And um, I think we both were like, yo, you're dope. And he was like, you're dope. And then uh, and then we just started kicking it. Um, and it was a lot of Paul Masson and Blunts and, <laughs> uh, and Shrooms. <laughs> Dude, shrooms with Macklemore? That sounds amazing. Oh, yeah, bro. You know, this was before he was sober. You know? <laughs> yeah, this yeah, was yeah. Like, at Evergreen State College, you're definitely experimenting. And so, um, <laughs> and so, yeah, no, we became like real good friends and have been ever since. And what were you going to school for? Um, I didn't go to Evergreen. Uh, <laughs> he went to Evergreen. I went to the community college, okay. uh, SPS. Okay. CC and then dropped out as soon as I got the opportunity to go on tour with a group called Atmosphere. Oh, of course. Who um, wouldn't drop out for that, right? Yeah, yeah. so I was out. Um, and then, yeah, and then the rest is kind of history. Damn. Um, started making music in his apartment behind Pizza Hut. And uh, that was, I think, a couple years later, he put out his first album, The Language of My World. And um, and I had did some stuff on there. And, and yeah, and the rest is... So are you probably one of his like earliest collaborators? Um, there's something before me because mm. he was in a group back in the day called <laughs> I think it was called Good Medicine. I could be wrong. Okay, but I, he was in a group called Good Medicine. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I wasn't the first collaborator, I but feel. dude, you were in a group too, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> in a couple groups. Okay. <laughs> so I was um 
when I first moved to the Northwest, the first group I met was it was uh, a group called Sand People. Okay. Um, Sand People's from Portland, and they consisted of a lot of people. Um, you might have heard, you ever heard of Immaculate? He uh, mm-hmm. battle rapper. Yeah. Um, so he was Got there. Um, started writing, working some stuff with them, um, and then met up with the brother of one of the members of that group named Sleep, who was in another group called Old Dominion. Mm. And Old Dominion kind of stole me <laughs> from from Sam People. I don't guess I ever was really in Sam People. They never like jumped me in, but uh, <laughs> <Jumped> in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I never got blessed in. But uh, but no, yeah. Old Dominion. Um, I started working with them. Met so Smoke. Did and, they jump you in there? Yeah, they jumped me in. They pieced me in. Okay. Uh, Twenty one shots to the chest. Every, no, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah. You know, it was, they were just like, no, we you should come get down with us, make music. Um, I was like, all right. And that was a like a Pacific Northwest hip hop group, Old Dominion. Yeah, Old yeah. Um, big groups like the Northwest Wu Tang. Okay. We've kind of been compared to. Um, it's like graffiti artists, b boys, b girls, rappers, singers, groups, subgroups. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Gray Skull is a group from uh, from Old Dominion. Um, Candid. Um, Boom Bat Project, you know, so so it's it's a lot of lot of artists all in one big group. Yeah, mm-hmm. are you guys still a are you guys still a group kind of or is it? Yeah, okay, yeah, still a group. I mean, everybody's kind of older now. <laughs> <laughs> got families, you got probably. kids and stuff. So I, you know, there's not. I don't think there's any big old Dominion shows coming up anytime <laughs> soon. But I'll keep you posted. <laughs> I'm, I'm singing now. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> So is singing newer to you? Um, kinda. Really? Yeah, it's like you know, I was. Um, I mean, I was singing since I was a child, but like in church. Yeah. Um, but once I realized that I could rap, then I was just like, oh, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then kind of was I would play around with singing in different songs, but I never really would like open up mm. and do what I knew I could do because I was kind of embarrassed about it. Um, and then recently, the last the last two albums I did were like my first uh, projects where it was like all singing. Yeah, um, and like I didn't really focus on rapping at all. So, and I actually, you know, was trying to hit notes that I believed I can hit, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. So, were there any like uh, lessons involved in that, or is it all just self taught? No, yeah, all self taught. I mean, my mom was like, um, in in the area like around Chicago and Gary Indiana she was like uh known as she was like a popular singer in mm. the church scene there we go um, cuz she could sing really high um she was a real high soprano singer so um so yeah you know i also randomly like i would sit behind the drummer at church and watch him play the drums and one day i just knew how to play the drums ah. and so i guess from watching her sing and listening to her sing i just kind of naturally knew how to sing and so then, you're a visual learner i guess i guess so huh. um and or audio as well oh yeah um, sure that's cause, audio because i cuz i really i'm really good at hearing things and then like mm. um imitating them or mimicking them and, and so can you like tell that. when someone's like out of pitch or anything like oh, that oh yeah wow <laughs> oh, yeah for sure. Um, Damn. Yeah. There's some artists who have no idea. You know what's crazy? Yeah. I went to a show. I think it's part of the music, so it kind of makes sense. But mm-hmm. um, I went to my friend Fluency's show, and uh, it's like EDM, so the artists are kind of, the vocalists on it kind of have to follow that type of music. Mm-hmm. So they had this like laptop set up, which had like auto tune on it to, to match like the beat and everything, right. and I was like, that, that was that was kind of interesting to see like how like the meter would flip so they were in tune with the right, yeah, yeah. But you probably do you probably don't need to do that for when you're performing, right? No, I don't do that. I mean, I'm I'm also from uh, the era where you like there was you kind of got made fun of for doing that. Not really, yeah. Until like T Pain came along, and then it was just like auto tune was just crazy, and now it's like the norm. So now auto tune is more of something like some some songs call for it. It's like, yeah. yo, I really want to do auto tune on this, you know what I'm saying? And um and then some songs is just like, nah, I'm just keeping natural. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's a lot of artists who are just all everything they do is auto tune. Um but but there are some artists who don't use auto tune but they still get their vocals pitched. Mm. Like they can have somebody go in 
and change every single note to the right note. Yeah. Um, Do you know so. the background behind like T Pain? Have you watched This Is Pop on Netflix? Um, I watched some of it, but I didn't. Uh, I don't think I watched the whole background on T Pain. He like, so share. I think everyone knows like was the first person to ever use auto tune. Share. Yeah. It was, okay. I think it was that. Do you believe in yeah, love? Yeah, do, do you believe in <laughs> love? Funny. Okay. And then um, T-Pain was like trying to figure out how to copy that. So it took him like multiple years, but he'd go through all these like presets until mm. he came across something that said auto-tune. And like he'd like literally just test out every single one be like, can I sound like Cher? Nope, this isn't it. Next, wow. next. And he came across the auto-tune. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I wonder if Cher gets like a percentage of, Every song that has all damn, to right. so she's if the she birth died. of SoundCloud. She birthed SoundCloud rap then at that point, right? Pretty much, she's <laughs> the first trapper out here in the bandos. Damn, so you're yeah. you're originally from Detroit, right? Uh, I I grew up in Detroit, wow, uh, Gary, Indiana, and East Chicago. So you probably grew up like rough and tumble then. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, nice way I was, to put it. <laughs> yeah. When I when I grew up in uh, Gary, Indiana, it was the at the time it was the murder capital of the world oh for seven years in a row wow. of the world, um, and the gang violence was was pretty pretty crazy. Still is um, in Detroit and and Gary and East Chicago. So damn. Yeah, I got up out of there. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna die or go to prison. So I should probably oh. go to where the mountains and lakes and rivers are and how <laughs> how old were you when you left uh detroit then um well when i left detroit we, i was pretty young so i had i think we, i was like maybe eight or nine okay um but then i would like go back randomly um and then yeah and then i grew up i really grew up in like east chicago and gary yeah gary's rough as fuck yeah um that's where most of my family still is um and so yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of stuff. Have I think I could write a whole book on on that lights. But I was so the crazy thing is I was my dad lives in Olympia. Okay. So I was coming back and forth every summer. I would come up here and stay for the summer and then go back to the hood oh, and have all these stories of like mixed women, like Hawaiian mixed with black, and they'd be like, "What? This is <laughs> this is crazy." Damn. Uh, but yeah. So Sometimes. you went. So you moved for college, or you moved to with family? No, I just moved to. Oh, because you. you to, my dad lived up here, but I was living with my mom. Got it. Um, Why did he move up here? I feel like. Well, he was military, so oh, he he was from sense. he's from Louisiana. Okay. And so he came up to like Fort Lewis, which is like down closer to Olympia, um, and then my mom's my grandmother, rest in peace. She was, she actually was running for uh, mayor of Olympia at the time. Ooh. She was like, my grandmother was like the first black woman to have a government seat in the state of Washington. And wow. Ended up becoming like ambassador to Japan at one point and like was under the Clinton administration. And so I had ties up here, but my mom moved to the Midwest for some reason. Hmm. I have no idea. I'm trying <laughs> to figure it out. Um, but. So yeah, I, I kept coming back and forth um, until I just decided to stay uh, one year, mm. due to an OG in the hood being like, "Man, what? Like, what are you doing? Like, we we don't know our father, so you should go and live with yours and and not die." And Damn. I was like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> kind of, and that's so I'm here. That's a <laughs> yeah. cool coming of age story right there. Right? Yeah, it's a little more detail. I'm trying to yeah. <laughs> keep it short. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I had to, definitely had to get it. I love it there, but it's uh, it's a little it's a little too crazy for me. So, did your your music didn't start catching on until you moved to the Pacific Northwest, or yeah, for sure. Yeah, I didn't even really I wasn't really focused on making music when I was there at right. all. <laughs> it was yeah. some other stuff. But every once in a while, we would have ciphers and we would have freestyles, and every time we would, you know, I would get a look like, "Yo, what? Mm. Like, what is this that you're?" Um, and I think it was weird for them how I was rapping because I, it was, I was coming from being up here, you know, for a summer and hearing different artists that I had never heard of, like hieroglyphics and like 
all types of old school stuff that I didn't know about, like the far side. And you like, know, I had Dell on the podcast. You did? Yeah, that was a good one. Well, see, like Dell pretty much changed my life. You really? Know? Like Souls of Mischief specifically. Yeah. A plus. Really, like I was like, we can make music like this. It don't gotta be gangster and all this, and and that kind of like changed. Damn. Changed my whole life. And so when I was going back and like freestyling and like applying things that I had learned from, you know, listening to other stuff, it was just crazy to them. Mm. And so I had, I wasn't like popular for making music there because I, I never wrote a song when I was there. I didn't write songs till I uh, came up here. And how'd you learn how to write? Just visually just, also? <laughs> I mean, I guess it was just, I knew, I guess once you figure out the formula, it was, just, I knew what 16 bars was mm -hmm. and i knew that that was the time limit that i had to fill essentially um and so i kind of just figured it out look my first <laughs> my first songs that i ever wrote are not popping <laughs> they're not fire <laughs> you know what i'm saying i'm sure somebody will say they are but i literally had a song where it was me trying to think of the biggest words i could think of in oh. rhyme and like <laughs> possible philosophical anatomical it wasn't fire. Fire. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but but then I like I created this other song called Greed and it was like the story of like a drug deal going bad. Yeah. And that like tripped people. Like they heard it and they were like, yo, this is like watching a movie. And then I kind of figured out from there how to like make songs. I still was weird mm -hmm. for a long time, but uh, I got better. And then how did you how long into like writing and rapping did you find like producers to start working with? Um, so I put my first album out in 2006, so I would say I probably was writing in 2003 mm. and kind of just like playing around and then eventually uh, sold enough weed to <laughs> put an album out. <laughs> and um, yeah, at the time I was like making my own beats and everything. I was using Fruity Loops and oh. and Reason and um and yeah, it was producing. I can't even listen to the stuff now because um, it's it's just so trash to me. But um, but I I can't just throw it all away like that. There's some yeah. I had some cuts. You know what I'm saying? Where can people find this? Is it? It's all on Spotify. My first go. album is on Spotify. Um, it's called Soul Tree. Um, yeah, every album I've ever done is on on Spotify or iTunes, whatever you listen to. I appreciate that. I feel like some artists like try to hide all that stuff, or they're like, "Oh, yeah. you have to dig deep into SoundCloud under one of my aliases to nah. find that shit." No, I, I, I listen. I hate it because <laughs> I know what I I know I could do better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, but I appreciate it because it's like it got me to where I am. And, yeah. Um, growth is important. Growth you know? is important. So, would you consider yourself a producer still? Then, do you produce? Um, not necessarily. I would consider myself a co-producer. For okay. example, these uh, the last album I did. There's um, I worked with a, a few different producers from like Budo to Theory Has It. Um, on the Piscean album, Theory Has It, it was a producer from Portland. He made a beat, um, and I loved it. And then I was just like, Yo, I'm gonna get this band um, mm -hmm. called Ghost Note. Shout out to Ghost Note. They're like the best band in the world. Um, and they just happened to work with me. Um, and so I had them replay his beat um, and kind of organize it a little bit. So I've been kind of playing around with like organizing live musicians yeah, and instruments over what somebody else has already done, kind of. Um, so I guess that's a form of production. But I haven't been making beats or anything like that. I've heard you talk about... Um baby making music yeah and is that still a relevant thing because i feel like nowadays people are making babies to like juice world and little peep and whatever right damn we're making babies to little peep <laughs> i feel like there has to be and that's why there's a million little peeps running around. No. <laughs> shout out little peep shout out little peep um no you're right man like it's it's a different uh, it's a different time and I like don't get me wrong like I love both times like yeah. right now I think my favorite album all I'm listening to right now is Baby Came and okay. like his new album is just like the craziest thing I've ever heard right now um, but at the same time I love the periods of time where I was like 
you know, listening to the music that my uncles were playing while they're playing spades and dominoes yeah. down in the basement and I wasn't allowed. And that music was coming upstairs and I was like Al Green and the Isley Brothers. Um, and so that's kind of what I've been drawn towards lately is like Older. making music that's like nostalgic. I love that. Um, that the family can get together and listen to it like barbecues and, yeah. and uh, like, you know, good time, good feel music. Um, Dude, the Temptations are making a comeback. Did you see that? I did not see. Dude, that. they're actually fucking killing it. Yeah, they're working with like newer hip hop artists. Like they're like transitioning to. Oh, Temptations are fire. Yeah, I think the last album I had, I bought an album from them like back in like 1997. Because <laughs> wow. they put out an album in like 98 or 97 yeah. or something. Um, yeah. But so I, you know, I try to. I don't try to mimic what they do. I just mm -hmm. try to like pay homage in certain little elements, you know, like especially when I do a song where I'm like singing in all falsetto, like it might remind you of like the Isley Brothers or like Curtis Mayfield or something yeah. like that. So it's kind of hard not to. Dude, Motown is actually like my favorite type of music of all time. It is, man. It's the best. Yeah. It's, the, it's all about love. So would you say you still make <laughs> baby making music? Yeah. Okay. I definitely, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I, I got a show coming up January 18th at uh, Nate Jackson's Super Funny Comedy Club, and it's date night, and so we got Soul For Real. That's fucking legendary. And B2K. <laughs> Is it all of B2K? I don't think so. I, I don't know if I'm Marion. I could be wrong, I, but the picture, it was three of them, and I don't really know them like that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't really follow B2K like that. But I think it was just, I think there's four of them, right? I have, I remember, yeah, Marion's kind of blown up and done his thing. He's done his but thing. But then there's this one guy, it was probably right before the pandemic, he was on The Breakfast Club. And this guy was like crazy, like he was like manic. It was the weirdest thing. I have to look up is this it, episode. Is that the dude, was he on Love and Hip Hop? He Did you may, watch Love and Hip Hop? I have not seen, Don't. I forget. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I need to fucking I'll pull up the clip or something later. Oh, we can curse? Yeah. Oh man, I've been I was Christian. Oh, I was Christian. Oh man. <laughs> no, um Fuck, but his name was <sighs> I feel like I know what you're talking about because one of them slept with and we're about to this is the tea portion of the podcast. Yeah, wait, let me get my phone one second. Yeah, yeah. One of them slept with uh Omarion's baby's mama. Oh shit! And he just apologized for it because they were on tour recently. Oh, the reunion tour or something. It was like the reunion tour. Okay. And he came out on stage. There's like a video of it, and he was like, "Hey, I want to apologize. I fucked April, <laughs> <laughs> your baby's mama." <laughs> and the crowd was like, "Ooh, Raz B, Raz, Raz B. B." Isn't Raz B part of which? What he? Which, what does he look like? I mean, you should pull this up real quick. Cause I don't really know them like their names or anything, but, <laughs> I don't but know if this performing. helps at all. Okay, yeah, I don't know who. That, <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. But there's the the other one, the other yeah. one that was on Love and Hip Hop. I um, have no idea who's. See, hold on, see now I gotta who bring the up the fuck flyer. is in B2K? I don't know. <laughs> I th you know what? I thought it was Immature. They remember the group Immature? Uh -uh. Immature changed their name. I thought they changed their name to B2K. And I don't know. That was like the era when like all these like huge hip hop artists were just finding these fucking hip hop groups. Yep. Like fucking that was Puff Daddy's thing. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. B2. This this is funny. <laughs> the boy bands. All right. So this dude. You know, and he's like, "Is that Omarion?" Holy no. shit! Is uh, that the way? Wait, wait, is that the flip thing? It is. Whoa, show that to the camera real quick. Okay. So, Dude. Got that phone right there. Hot. This is a magician's shit. dream, by the way. You can be like, I have the phone, and now I do not oh. have the phone. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, it's fire. Um, so, yeah, this dude. Oh, shit. Hold on. Amarion. That guy right here. Okay. Oh, shit. This guy right here. Okay, who is that guy? That's, that's the one guy who's on Love and Hip Hop. Okay. That slept with, but is this Omarion? Dude, if Omarion's... Is that Omarion? That's not Omarion. Let me look right? up Omarion real quick. Anyway. 
I'll be so, there. January 18th. Be there. Wait, that might be Omar. Wait. This is what Omarion looks like? Yeah, that's what Omarion looks like. And I don't think that's Omarion, but... But also, it could just be like, they could have just chose like a stock photo of B2K. You know what I mean? That's true. But is there four in B2K or is there three in B2K? I think there's four. Okay, so Omarion is not uh, in this picture, which means he will probably be there. I'm not going to say he's not going to be there because people need to get them tickets. Yeah. But... I don't know. Dude, Candy know Rain, though? Candy Rain Candy is my Rain. jam. Come on, man. My love to you ever dream. Let's do this. Yeah, that's, uh, so there's going to be some baby making going on. At, at like, the comedy club. At the comedy club. Damn. Isn't that, oh, wait, isn't that, so is there going to be comedy there as well? Uh, Not that night, I don't think. I think maybe if there's a host, they usually got a funny host who might do something in between. But I think date night is more of just like come listen to okay. some music, chill and vibe. And what is what is your connection with comedy? Are you Do you own a comedy club or something? Yeah, this one. So you well, I'm own part the owner club. of this one, yeah, yeah. With Nate Jackson? Or mm-hmm. I'm confused. Like, t- explain, break down your connection with like, comedy. So, yeah, I've, I've known Nate. When I first moved up here, I met Nate Jackson um, at church. We went to the same <laughs> church. Was it a black church? It was a black church <laughs> that had become a multi-million dollar church, and they Whoa. rebuilt it up, and uh, it's another story. And so I uh, met him there, and then eventually, you know, life goes on. He went off and did his thing, and then next thing I know, he's just blowing up in comedy. Um, yeah. And so I followed him for a while. Um, and would be, you know, watch things he would post and stuff like that. And we kind of stayed in touch. Um, and then eventually this opportunity came along. He wanted to do this, uh, this club. And I knew we had an acquaintance named Joey LaRock, um, who used to do some other clubs down in Olympia. Okay. Um, and I had been telling him that I'm looking for something to invest in. And so it kind of, yeah. I was like, Nate, yeah, I know Nate. Like, and so it was like, yo, let's do this. You Holy know? shit. So. Yeah. So Damn. Now we got a cracking ass club that everybody needs to come to. And what is it? What's it called again? Nate Jackson Super Funny Comedy Club. So superfunnycomedyclub.com. And where's that at? It's uh, South Tacoma. Okay. Hosmer Road. Um, yeah. How long has it been around? We've been open about a year and a half. Oh, so this is like a newer venture years. for you. Yep. Oh, yeah. shit. But it's been crazy because we opened up like right as quarantine was starting mm. and right as the whole COVID thing was starting and uh, you know we opened up at like 25% moved to 50% and we're at 100% now so Ooh. but uh, it's it's been cracking we just had Lil Duvall what? last week we had DC Young Fly before that oh so you're actually you're pulling out acts already every weekend we, we got a big act every weekend wow. like there's there's no skipping a weekend where there's not a big act mm. um, is this gonna be is it I feel like those guys are already like hip hop influenced. Like, is this is this comedy club more focused on like black culture? Or is it whoever? Or? It's whoever's fire. Okay. Um, before that, we had George Lopez. Okay, that's um, dope. <laughs> who was you know what I'm saying? Uh, Orale, and um, <laughs> we've had um, who am I? Oh yeah, Russell Peters. Okay. Um, so that's yeah. India right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Over to Mexico. <laughs> Back to Africa. We do a lot of Africa. There we go. But, uh, you know, I think we got Michael Blackson coming soon. Oh, shit. Um, Tony Roberts, who's one of my favorite. We've had Tommy Davidson. We've had Mark Curry. We've had, bro, we've had so many legends already. It's crazy. Um, And this year is only going to get crazier. So Wow. Yeah, it's really fire. And I love comedy, so it's been like a dream for me to be involved in it. Dude, I'm getting into comedy, too, because I only... I just turned 21, so I've only oh, now okay. been able to start going to like do comedy things. You do you do comedy? Not yet. I want to actually eventually try it. I'm doing. I'm going to start doing like live um, podcast things. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like a mixture of like me hosting, doing a Jimmy Kimmel thing, and a concert all in one. So I want to do like a concert type series in a theater <clears> versus <throat> like a concert venue. I feel mm-hmm. like that would be a cool mix, you know. But, okay, so you know, at the comedy club, there is a super funny podcast right and so we have a podcast studio at the comedy club oh, so shit. when comedians come they do an interview or podcast people can come when they're on tour what the? they can do their thing there right um also we do comedy classes on wednesday nights 
and they just had the graduation class show that Holy I went shit. to. It was crazy. Um, and that that was really dope. Like, so people who want to come and get tips from Nate, because Nate is a beast. Nate is like one of my favorite comedians. Yeah. I'm um, not just saying that because I know him, and like, but he's like up there, like top ten, like for sure. Um, so he gives back to the culture, though. It seems like that's awesome. Yes, and so, um, so yeah, I think I, I'm not sure when that starts up again when they start, you know, to do the class again because they just had a graduation. But that was Wednesday nights, and then Tuesday nights is open mic where anybody wow. can come and get up, and they they do the the draw. So they put your names in a hat, yeah, and oh. then they have people who are guaranteed to go up, right, like. 10 people but then in between they got the hustle spots yeah. so your name gets pulled up you might get pulled up you might not but they just want you to be ready it's kind of like yeah. that on edge thing so holy shit so you gotta come you gotta come do Dude, something Tacoma, man. I'm, I'm starting to come down to and you know what's also crazy I've mm. met a lot of like um, older hip hop artists tend to like retire in Tacoma for some reason really yeah Tacoma's kind of popping right now it's like coming up yeah like uh yeah, so I mean, we we opened the club there, but even before that, I was thinking about moving there because really? it, like downtown is just kind of cracking. It's like so it's a little dope. So yeah, kind of so, don't want to tell nobody. Kind of want to keep it <laughs> secret a little bit, but yeah, dude, we got. I'm, my whole goal is trying to connect like all of the P and W. So I feel like I need to get down to more, Tacoma more often mm-hmm. than I do. Yeah. I've only had a select artist from Tacoma on so far. Yeah, you know? bro, you gotta come. You yeah. gotta come down, check out the comedy club Tuesday night at least. Yeah, how often are you there? I'm I'm there too much. Actually. <laughs> like I I be at all the open mics just sitting and watching because Nate is trying to convince me that I should do it, Ooh. and so I'm just you know I'm just sitting down there soaking it up, judging motherfuckers, <laughs> you know, the, thinking what they're doing wrong. And just waiting for my time, waiting for my day. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm not gonna do that. But no, I can see that. You gotta do maybe. But Do you host events? I can see you at least being a host. Bro, I'll tell you this, we I didn't host, but I would I don't know if hosting might be harder. But we had so we did the comedy competition, right? Okay. And there was this two hundred people entered. Oh shit. We chose the best fifty and then there was this competition and I judged a couple, right? And I'm a big fan of comedy. So I've seen all types of comedy competitions. I've seen roast. And I know usually at comedy competitions, they get comedians to judge. Mm. And I'm like, all right, so if I'm judging, this is like my chance to see if I'm funny, right? (laughs) So I'm gonna try to like, as I'm giving notes, I'm gonna try to like talk shit about the comedian or like say some funny jokes or something. And so it comes time to host and, and I do my thing and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try to be funny. And I drive the first time I talk shit about the comedian or something. And it like the whole room just cracking up. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, that's how that feels. I felt yeah. it like right here. Yeah. It was like the spirit. <laughs> it was like of comedy. And I was like, ooh, I'm like, and so now I had a little, you know, confidence. Yeah. So now I'm taking notes and writing more <laughs> little jokes, talking shit about the comedians. <laughs> and some of the comedians are like, I, like, I'm like killing it more than they are, you know? And so after that, Nate was like on stage, like, oh no, XP, you might need to do this. And I'm like, oh no. Damn. And so I, I don't know. I'm not bragging or nothing. I'm not saying that. I'm like, hella funny. Well, you got a comedy club and you know how to write. It sounds like. I mean, you do the math. You do. But, so um, tell me, how do you even, what, how did you get XP or experience as your, as your name even? Oh, man. The story of the title. I um, story of the title. I was, <laughs> I was trying to, cause back in the head they called, they used to call me Tigger, from like <laughs> Winnie and the Pooh. Okay. And I was like, nah. And I, I guess they, I also used to look like Big Tigger from Rap Scene in the Basement. <laughs> so I guess it was like a play on that. But I was like, no, nah, I can't. That can't be my rap name. Um, so me and the homie were trying to figure it out one day, and. Back then, like in 2002 or whatever the hell this was, <laughs> they AOL was like popping. America Online was popping. And they used to send discs, like CDs in the mail that you can upload a demo. Yeah. AOL. And one of them was like, the AOL experience. And I was like, and I'm on the phone with the homie. I'm like, yo, the 
the I could be the experience, like the mm-hmm. experience. And he's like, I don't know about the the. Like he was like, I wouldn't put the in it. But he was like, maybe experience though. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right. So I looked the, up the definition of it, and I was just like, I was. It, it was just like destiny. It was. I was like, this is it. And I was like, like the definition, the the act of living through an event. Anything or everything observed or lived through, personal participation resulting from this, right? Mm. So I was like, yo, it's just life. It's like, you know, it's like living through something and then learning from it. And then that's that's experience. That's like you're experiencing life. That's me. Um, right. So I was <laughs> just like, I'm just living. It, to me, it was very simple. Yeah. A, a lot of people hear it and be like, oh, you're experienced. Like you have the experience. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, it's more of like an ING. Like I'm experiencing yeah. um, life um, and learning from it. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, I was like, once I read that, I was like, okay. Wow. Well, Plus, you hear little sayings like "experience is the best teacher," and uh, so I was like, "Okay, this is hell yeah, this is perfect." That's cool. So yeah. So, how connected would you say you are to the music scene in Seattle? Do you try to stay tapped in, or do you think earlier on in your career you were more tapped in? Um, I think I was more tapped in early on, um, and then I think I was trying to get tapped in. Um. And then I kind of gave up on trying to get mm. tapped in in Seattle, um, and then just kind of focused on who would ever accept, <laughs> you know, listening to me. And um, like my my music gets way more play like overseas, like France, Australia, Germany, and Texas. Like right. really, <laughs> like really fuck with me. Um, and Seattle, there's I'm like in Seattle, I'm like. The rap, I'm like your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. It's like they think they the best, but they'll come to me and be like, "Yo, you're like <laughs> you're yeah. hella fire, bro." And like, yeah, um, like I remember there was times where some of these rappers right now, who some would say are popping in Seattle, used to be front row watching me, like do my thing, like a fan. I ain't saying no names. Oh, I ain't saying no names, but <laughs> but no, you know what I'm saying. So. um but Seattle scene is very interesting and you know it's very clicky I don't I don't blame him you know what I'm saying I don't blame the scene um if you were to say you're still part of the scene where do you think you would fall like what part of the music scene would you be in um I mean I you know I'd I would hope that I would be accepted in the in in, in the soul scene I'm not right. really you know trying to like be a, a so-called rapper as much as anymore like i'm always going to be an mc like i'm actually i'm working on something right now you know what i'm saying but i think i'm more focused on um singing and making soul music um and i don't think there's that big of a soul scene right. in seattle although like one of my favorite vocalists is Tiffany Wilson. Dude, yeah, you have that song, Cats and Dogs, with her. Yeah. It's one of my favorite songs. I got that where, and then there's another one where we, where we do a duet um, on there. It's called With You. And um, and she's from Seattle? Yeah, she's from Seattle. I didn't look more into her. Bro, she's she's the filthiest singer ever. And, like, um, but it's like a, a lot of people don't know that, but a lot of people do. But right. it's just a different, it's just a group of people who are looking for soul, like real soul music um, versus, I mean, Seattle just has so many, you know, things. It's like you want EDM, you want like trap, you want some West Coast yeah. gangster shit. It's like there's so much shit and it's it's kind of spread out. Um, and so I had to figure out where I was and all of that. And then it, I think it just reached a point where I was like, I don't really care if I fit in right. anywhere, really. I'm just, as long as I can make music and uh, and be happy. I know there's going to be somebody that likes my music and listens to it. Um, and I don't really care where they live. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Or, so, Are you I mean, open to collaboration still? Oh, yeah. Dude, we'll see. This, but this gonna... is my point. Like, you, I've I've reached out. Listen, the... Dude, if I can have a list the NAS of community now, you're on, you're on, the, you're about to be on a wave. Just wait, bro. Like I've reached <laughs> out to a lot of artists yeah. to work. It, it would trip you out, and then you like never hear back from them until 
you see him out at like a club or something, then yeah. it's the all like, oh, hey, we got to do something. And I'm like, yep, I've been trying to that for about four or five years to the point where it's like, I like there's way more people like trying to work with me down in Portland or out in yeah. like uh, Cali or, you know, New York or something. When it's like for for a long time, I was like, yo, but I'm really this is where I'm at. Would love to would yeah. love to do more. Uh, would love to work. But just tell them you're a Grammy award winning artist. You know, that doesn't matter. I don't even <laughs> I don't even <laughs> I don't even have the Grammy. I don't even have a but... Grammy. And so. That's something. But I, I don't think of myself like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not out here really? like, yo, I'm the best. Like, I've got Grammys. And, like, yeah. I'm not. I'm just like, yo, I really like making music. And, like, even if nobody ever knew who I was, I would still be making music. Like, mm. that's, I think that's what it is. Like, I'm not focused on making money. Like, it's nice, but. The fire's still there. The fire's still there. You I'm know? still hungry. For that still baby hungry. making music. Man, I'm well. It's a lot of money in baby making. <laughs> yeah, there definitely Planned is. Parenthood. No, <laughs> horrible joke. Comedy have, club. Only. Do you have kids? Nope, no oh, kids. There you go. I'm wow. recently booed up, though. Oh. So I'm about to shoot the club up ASAP. I'm about to shoot it up. Damn. I hope you watch it, baby, because you're about to <laughs> all babies. You're going to be up front row. <laughs> Damn, the baby making music guy stayed yeah. away from making baby. Dude, that's actually legendary. You know, well, it's you just got, listen. I'm not out here just dropping babies. That's good though. It's like it's like uh, what's his name? Just insert any tech mogul. Like they don't want their kids on the technology they've created. Exactly. So you've created a monster <laughs> with this baby making music, and just pop, pop, pop. I refuse yeah. to have a baby to my own music. If oh. that's what you're asking, I refuse. Oh, I didn't it. think about that part. That's actually a good point. Because oh. do you know the monster that would be created, the <laughs> oh love-making machine that would be produced and conceived on that night? I don't think the world's ready. The Pentagon has told us about UFOs, <laughs> but they have not told you about XP making a baby to his own music. <laughs> the experience of making a baby. With experience while <laughs> listening to experience. I'm saying it's too. It's like Pandora's box. Oh my god! Which is the name of my next album? Ooh, there we go. Isn't that that? That's a sex company too, right? Exactly. Okay, now you see there what we go. I'm Dude, you're what I'm all on these double entendres. <laughs> I <have> bars. <laughs> I got bars, bro. So I've interviewed quite a few artists that have worked with Macklemore, mm. especially during that heist era. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people have come, have a similar consen consensus, mm. consen consensus, consensus, mm -hmm. yeah, that even though they worked with them, they didn't feel like there was a push with their music through working with him. Mm. How do you think, you, the what was the impact of you working with Macklemore? Do you think... You should be farther, not, sh I don't want anyone to feel like they're, just because they work with a certain artist, they're, des they're deserved of something, you know, but right. I feel like. But I think a lot of artists do feel yeah, like that. For sure. But do you, do you think there should have or would have been a different outcome? Have you, working with Macklemore, do you think you should have had a bigger platform given to you afterwards? No, because I don't think I should have anything given to me. Um. The thing is, it's like there was a platform given to me, and then mm. it's all about what you do with that. Um, what do you do after your show? Do you, like, go kick it, or do you go and mingle with hella fans and try to get them to buy your album? Right. Um, with me, I know that the people... I learned this early when I first started touring with Ben is like, I would say maybe 75% of the people that are coming to see Macklemore, number one, they're coming to see Macklemore. They don't care who is going on first or yeah. any of that, unless it's like somebody super popular. Um, but if you're just a no name opener and you're opening for Macklemore and it's not your home state, um, like I used to walk through the crowd and hear people literally saying like, I don't care who's going on first, you know, but I'm going on first and I'm just like, oh God. Fuck. Um, and so I realized early that 
Macklemore's fan base isn't necessarily the demographic that I want for me personally. Like I might get a, you know, out of a show of like um, 10,000 people, 8,000 people are going to like me. You know what I'm saying? But 2,000 people are actually going to do the work to like follow me. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. 2,000 out of 10,000. Because the other 8,000 really don't even like hip-hop. They like Macklemore. You know what I'm saying? So would you if, say Macklemore's hip-hop? I would. But see, he also, he can do whatever. Like he could do some like country. He could do a country song. He could do some hip-hop where it's like, okay. this. And usually when he gets on that tip, people will say, well, this reminds me of like what he used to do. Like, But he can also get on that pop shit because... The pop shit is what goes universal. You know what I'm saying? It's like he could spend all day rapping about a street in Seattle that nobody in France has ever heard of. But he's got both. You know what I'm saying? He's got the Seattle. He's got the town cuts. Um, and so he just he just figured out how to ride, you know, find a balance yeah. um, from being pop and then being himself and then uh, being hip hop which isn't just like making music, it's like a, a lifestyle. So he is that, um, but he's also a businessman. He's also a family man. He's also funny as hell, and he's not a gangster. So he, he can't make gangster music, right. you know what I'm saying? So what else is there but to make music that's him? It's about having good times, it's about love, or it's about um, his sobriety, which, you know what I'm saying, it's his life. Um, so with that, being said and me where I'm making music mine's a little bit more soulful um, I'm turning up sometimes I'm drinking I'm smoking you know what I'm saying um, the crowd that comes to see him a lot of them respect the sobriety about what he's doing and a right. lot of the front row is usually people with signs that are like sober for seven years you mm. know what I'm saying um, it's not a tour where it's like groupies backstage or any of that his wifey's tour manager their baby's back there you know what I'm saying so so as far as like a platform, having Ma having Maglemore give you a platform isn't necessarily the best thing for all artists. Like mm. it it's it wouldn't work for everybody. It's like also he can he can put you in front of the world. Like and this goes for any artist who has homies or people from the town that want to be put on. They can put you in front of the world. Um, if the world don't fuck with you, the world just don't fuck with you. <laughs> and I think a lot of people don't know how to rate themselves as an artist to see where they fit. Like, how do they find their lane? Everybody thinks they're the greatest of all time. Everybody wants overnight success. And if it doesn't happen the way they dreamed it was going to happen or the way they wrote it down to happen or the way their visual board <laughs> says it's going to happen, then it becomes somebody else's fault. And right. and I've seen this a lot, um, but I I don't know. It, for me, I've always been able to humble myself and be like, yo, I'm not where I want to be. Not because this man didn't do enough for me. He did everything. He did completely enough. He, like took me on world tours, um, put me in front of all types of people that I could network with. Right. Um, and great things have come from that. Like right. you know what I'm saying. Like. I'm hella blessed, you know what I'm saying? And will continue to be so because of things that he did. So I don't know how much fault it is of his if I fail at anything. You know what I'm saying? Right. Does this make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just interesting because like I've had like Wands on, which is like mm -hmm. a perfect example of that. Like he I think even Wands admits he kind of fumbled the bag. Mm. huge <laughs> yeah, he was. so I don't you know, know but, I, but Wands yeah. and then you know Ray Dalton I feel like Ray Dalton's been able to make, been able to make a career for himself mm -hmm. but you know like it just it's just interesting but then you see like there's a, there's a conspiracy with the people that Macklemore works with like mm. people are like the reason why Travis Thompson has made it is because he's almost white and Macklemore's white so he he passed. He's white. almost white. Yeah. So it worked. It worked. It worked. You know. Versus when you have a Ray Dalton and experience uh, wands, those guys are all black. <laughs> I'm like, what? But it's yo. That's it's a thing you hear. That's a little crazy. It's a thing you actually hear. Like people are genuinely like, if if you're if Macmore's working with you and you're white, you have a better opportunity of getting a bigger platform. Yeah. Well, 
I think it's more about like who's bumping a Ray Dalton album, right. or who. I think it's way more about that than it is like Macklemore ain't do nothing for you. Like, yeah, you're performing in front of. By the time tour is over, you're perf- you've just performed in front of a million people. Mm. So it's like, what's the problem? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, like, what else do you need somebody else to do for you at that point? And I get it. Like, you know, there's opportunities that can that can be opened, you know. Um, but it's really, it's like, what are you going to do with your opportunity? You know what I'm saying? Like, I also know that with the music that I want to make, my baby making music, yeah, Macklemore's demographic at his show ain't the best demographic for me to do baby making music. So I don't. I, and, you know, I I had when I was performing with him, I had songs like Not Today, which were kind of like anthemic and more of like stadium, you know, geared toward, you know, party and, and, and you know, just being able to like I just wanted to crowd surf, really. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's what it comes down to is, is like being able to make a good song that everybody likes. If you can't expect for Macklemore's fan base to just become your fan base because you went on tour with him or right. you, you know what I'm saying? They, they're they not rocking with everybody like that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's a very, uh, what's the word? E- eclectic audience. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they're all over the place. So Damn, that's a, I appreciate the answer. That was a, Solid answer. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm not trying to, like, disrespect nobody or, or none of that. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I I hear it all the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, Wands is the homie. You know what I'm saying? I love Wands, too. Um, but there is, in the, in the Macklemore audience, there is, you know, anywhere from eight years old to like 30 something people in the audience. On top of that, there's like parents, right? So I, the, the the real question is, Wands, show me a song that you have that somebody between eight and 21 is like gonna bump. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and then if nothing, ha- if you have a hit and then nothing happens for you, then, then you got, you might have an argument. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I I figured that out was because I never had a huge following until I made a song that was produced by Ryan Lewis and the hook was super catchy. And so I made it to after the point um, where um, I got to the point in tour where after every after every time I'm ending this song, the crowd would be singing it. Right. Right. So now to this day, this is the number one. It's the most streamed song I have. Because I was like, oh, I figured out a little catchy little formula that people will want to hear a song over and over again. And that was the glimpse that I had of that's how like that's how you do it. That's you get one of those and then you ride the momentum. Yeah. And if you don't do it the right way, like if one of those things fails, the whole the whole thing fails. And then you end up saying Macklemore should have put me on. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Okay. Versus. Like, yeah, like Travis, like Travis is the perfect example because number one, he's younger than everybody whose name you just mentioned. Like Wands is like, I don't know, but he's up there. He's 60 something. (laughs) What are we talking about the same demographic for? You're 60 something. Um, With Travis, Travis is young. He's in that generation. His songs are fire. The production is fire. It's super catchy. He's also adding the formula of singing and rapping. His cadences are crazy. That's going to be successful. It's hella marketable. He got the opportunity to go on tour. Hella people rocked with him that were Macklemore fans because there was it's that age bracket. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? There's so many variables that go into it. And he rolled the wave at the right time and went beyond Seattle, mm. which is also the key. It's like you got to love your home, but you also got to leave your home and go get loved somewhere else. Because then when you come home, they really going to love you at home. Yeah. Right. So. I, so that's that's my two cents on yeah. it. I didn't mean to rant, no, I but I was, hear this a lot. That was honestly a, 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 that was a question I really wanted to ask you. And I think yeah. that was a perfect answer. Thank you. Do, do you think Seattle, I think an, another thing that me and, I've been going into other genres like comedy, bands, pop. Mm-hmm. So hip hop's not the main genre I interview anymore, but mm-hmm. 
with that because how where I started, a lot of my friends are hip hop artists, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm trying to. Do you do you feel like uh, Seattle is even really a hip hop city? Because I have friends who have been making music for so long, they still don't see any like success from it, even if they're amazing artists because they're hip hop. I feel like it might be the demographics not here. Or Seattle is definitely a hip hop city. Like the I've, fan base, really. Um, I just mean as far as like hip hop heads, mm. like real fans of the culture that always have been. Like there, when when Mac and me were doing shows together, like way before Thrift Shop or any of that. Yeah. That period of time in Seattle and the hip-hop shows that were happening and the cyphers that were going on in front of the venues and the freestyles before and after the show where it just felt like the scene never stopped. Um, I think that genre and that group of people just got older and they still exist here in Seattle, but it's like they're not trying to go out to shows because shows are crazy and filled with young (laughs) kids that are fighting and doing crazy shit on lean. I don't know what old people think. I'm not old. But it's it's definitely a a different scene now. And But Seattle has always been more than one thing. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It was a lot of grunge. Um, There's also crazy jazz scene here. You know what I'm saying? Dude, I'm going to Jazz Alley for the first time early January. I'm so excited. Yeah, Jazz Alley is fire. Um, you know, there's also a crazy uh, Latin music scene here. A lot of people don't know about. Damn. You know what I'm saying? So, Seattle is a lot of things. Um, and yeah, it's 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 just it's so you can't really say it is a hip hop town and it's not a hip hop town. It's like it's just a a mix of all type of music, which is what hip hop is <laughs> essentially. So I guess to me it is a hip hop town because I remember. I remember how it was, and and now it's just a new face, and it's just a younger group who have come in. Hip hop is different; it's evolved or devolved to some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's, uh, it is what it is. I guess people just don't know how to find their audience in Seattle. Then maybe they don't know how to market the right way. That's probably one of the bigger things. That's true too. Because um, when you said there's older people, like when I look at my demographics, even. Mm-hmm because I've done so much hip hop, I actually have like a pretty older fan base. Mm-hmm. So maybe that is a thing I should take into account if I want to throw shows, especially if I want to do like a theater thing where I'm already wanting people to sit down. Mm-hmm. Maybe people with back <laughs> I mean, you know, but like taking that into consideration is actually like, if you're someone who's doing like actual like hip hop, maybe do, maybe do market to like older. I mean, I Hmm. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's still a, a younger generation who likes who have, it. Who, who yeah. likes it, right? I mean, um, I think J. Cole has helped with that. He's helped translate what the underground hip hop conscious so-called scene was and how that could become successful in the mainstream by. But he still like has some pop elements to it. But essentially, it's. Um, it's hip hop, right? It's, yeah. it's what we what we really feel hip hop is. Um, so yeah, I mean, the the older group of people, uh, thirty and up, maybe even twenty eight and up. It, I, that's definitely where you know they want to hear what reminds them, and they're the ones who could actually afford to go to shows, probably too. Well, we'll see. Well, there's a difference because, like, at Macklemore shows, right, there's yeah. all these kids. They don't got jobs, but they buying $100 worth of merch. Yeah. But their parents are bringing them to the shows, and their parents are buying them the merch. Um, Older people got more bills. So oh, it's like they're very too. picky with what, you know what I'm saying, with with the merch. It's but, a fucking thing. It's marketing, man. That's craziness. It's, it's crazy. So how as an artist, how did you even – get to a point where you could invest into like a comedy club. Cause I think a lot of successful artists that I've seen have a lot of investments. Mm-hmm. So that's what I try to explain to my friends as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just about making smart moves with your money. If you make some money, I made a little bit of money and I didn't go out and buy like a crazy whip and you know, hella chains and stuff. I got a couple. 
got some rings. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I always knew that, it, like, as soon as I get some money, do something to flip it. Like, do yeah. something that's so you'll have something to fall back on. And so I was just always keeping my eye open for an opportunity. I've lost, you know what I'm saying? I've lost some on some other ideas I had, but, you know, it happens. Um, and so, yeah, investing is very important. And so what I did was, you know, even with my music, um, like I don't, you know, who knows? Like I, I know my solo stuff isn't like the most popular stuff ever, but. I enjoy it if that means anything Well, it does. It means a lot. <laughs> um, and so, but the money that I do make for like, let's say I, I write a hook for one of Macklemore's songs that goes platinum, I make some money off of that. The money I make from that goes into me bettering my solo stuff. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I don't care if my solo stuff does anything. I don't care if it gets popular or, you know what I'm saying? Of course, it would be nice, right? You know what I'm saying? And I still have a manager. I still give money to a publicist. You know what I'm saying? So I'm doing what I can do to make it popular. But I know that by me being myself and, like, doing a certain style of music, that there's going to be a certain style of people that, that fuck with it you know yeah. what i'm saying so um so i'm never like trying to force myself to make some type of hit that's gonna make it on the radio like yeah. i just can't do that i can do it for others you know what i'm saying yeah. i could be like all right let me come up with a hook for you and kesha or whatever um i could do that like i can write songs for women i could write songs for men you know what i'm saying like i can write country songs if i needed to yeah um but when it comes to like me being myself and making my music like it doesn't need to be popular at all like i just want it to be good and i want people to you know be honest with me about it so yeah yeah you seem like a well-rounded guy you know i'm all right i got some jagged edges yeah. But I'm a I'm a I'm like an oval. Okay. With a couple I'm like an oval with elbows. Hey. That's pretty cool though. <laughs> oval with, that's like a cool shape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Well is there uh any advice or anything else you want to cover before we get up and out out of here? Oh man, I feel like I've been talking a lot. I feel like I've been talking a hell well. Dude, I, you know what um, I like about podcasts though, real quick? Yeah. I think podcasts are like the perfect like time capsule so it is some people feel like oh shit i talk too much i'm like no it's like you're, you're you're putting you're putting your thoughts out there for people to digest and if you want to look back on it too you can be like that's how i thought do i still feel this way maybe looking at this a year down the road or you know i, I enjoy podcasts that's a good way to think it and i will say this uh i've done a few podcasts yeah even with the great nate jackson hell yeah but i will say that this is one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. Damn, I don't think you. I've ever felt this open. Mm, there we go. I'm part of the community now, man. Man, I hope I blow up. Yeah. Can you <laughs> dude, we got you, dude. Can we got some cool stuff coming. Dude, I just had an hour-long meeting with such a cool, like, I just, I've, I'm I'm doing some dope stuff. So you're excited. You're, I'm excited for the stuff we can do down the road. Oh, man. Any uh, final advice for up-and-coming artists, creators, influencers? Um... You know, always be yourself. Um, sounds cliche, but the more and more I do this thing, the more and more I'm realizing how important that is. And, you know, sharpen your sword is what I say. Work on your craft. Constant never think like I'm I'm the greatest. Never think like I made it or any of that. Always get better, even if you think you're the best because you're not. There's always somebody that's going to come up behind you, slap you in the back of the head, hit you in the, the behind your knee part and make you walk weird for two seconds. Damn. You always got to be ready. Kung fu. That's kung fu. Yeah. And so a lot of people don't know that I am a master of kung fu. And a lot of people don't know this. And so my last tip would be for you to be a master of kung fu. And that's... Oh, are we gonna freestyle? Oh, I can hook you up. Yeah, I got some beats for you. I don't know. It's been so long. I got some beats for you. We're good. Uh, do you free, you gonna freestyle? I can't freestyle, but I'm happy. I'm excited that you actually want it. I was. I'm. I uh, we'll to. see. And then if it's good, it, we'll keep it. If it's not, it's like we're getting out of there. There we go. I get. I sound like Cosby when I get nervous. Putin popping the this the nice podcast with XP.
And we did it. Oh, actually, what's the easiest way to reach you, my guy? Oh, um, Experience XP or at Experience XP. Don't put an E at the beginning of Experience. It's just Experience and then XP. Um, and that's like my Instagram and Facebook. And my website is um, <laughs> my website is xpmusic.rocks. This guy's a Wikipedia too, so this guy's a legend. Well, I don't know who did that, and that is weird. By the Illuminati. Way. It's some dude, <laughs> and he, who thinks he knows me, and I'm like, bro, where are you getting all this info from? <laughs> it's weird to me, but it does exist. That's some of dope. it is false. A lot of it is false, <laughs> but whatever. It says you have ten kids on there from Damn. all the baby making music. <laughs> I got ten kids to feed, man. She stream my music. Stream it. Cash <laughs> at me for my babies. <laughs> Dollar sign experience. Oh my god.